Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Lynn S., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Toronto, Canada. Today is Wednesday, July 25th, 2018. We are reading from the big book, and we're at page 86, the third paragraph, and thinking about our day we may face indecision, through to we come to rely upon it, and commenting on that paragraph. Today's readers are the 12 Steps, Tenzin P, 12 Traditions, Cordelia W, and readers of the text, Lisa H, Katie G, and Lauren N. The reference numbers for Tuesday, July 24th, the 7 a.m. meeting, 11693, and the 10 a.m. meeting, 11694. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, Our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Tenzin P to read the 12 steps. Good morning, everyone. Tenzin P checking in from near New York City. Here are the steps we took which are suggested as a program of recovery. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. We're entirely six. We're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 
11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive eaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you very much. Thank you, Tenzin P. And Cordelia W. will read the 12 traditions. Good morning. This is Cordelia W. from Florida, grateful recovering compulsive overeating. These are the 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends on, upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group is the autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such, ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10. Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. With that, I pass. Thank you, Cordelia W. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive readers only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. 
In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book. We're on page 86, the third paragraph. In thinking about our day, we may face indecision, ending with we come to rely upon it. And I'll ask Lisa H. to start us off, please. Thank you. Good morning, my fellows. This is Lisa H., Grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Tennessee. In thinking about our day, we may face indecision. We may not be able to determine which course to take. Here, we ask God for inspiration, an intuitive thought or a decision. We relax and take it easy. We don't struggle. We're often surprised how the right answers come after we have tried this for a while. What used to be the hunch or the occasional inspiration gradually becomes a working part of the mind. Being still inexperienced and having just made conscious contact with God, it is not probable that we are going to be inspired at all times. We might pay for this presumption in all sorts of absurd actions and ideas. Nevertheless, we find that our thinking will, as time passes, be more and more on the plane of inspiration. We come to rely upon it. Um, This paragraph, to me, um, is all about action. You know, we talk about action, action, recover, recover, recover. This, to me, is all about action. Um, In this paragraph, the word or the form of inspired inspiration is used four times. It's used four times, so I really want to pay attention to what that inspired means. Um, So, of course, I had to look up the definition. And it means to influence, be moved, be guided by the divine. Um, And and that's that's what I'm after. That's how I, um, by pausing throughout the day, because um, I was talking to somebody yesterday, especially during my work day, it's a busy work day, and, and I can very easily get so caught up in work and self that I have to pause, that I have to stop. And, and I've said this on the line before because I'm a nurse and I wash my hands a lot, that I can stand at the sink and I can ask God for a thought. Um, and it's a calming thought. It may be an inspired thought. Um, and, and if, you, if you talk to one of my sponsees, you will, I often use this line in the book that says, we're not going to be inspired at all times, um, but we keep doing the work. Um, we keep pausing throughout the day um, and asking for direction, asking what God would have us do. Many of us just say, thy will be done, and we may get some source of inspiration. Through this action, this is how I am making conscious contact with God, cultivating this relationship, this guiding force in my life. And this is how I am continuing to live in fit spiritual condition. Um, So for me, um, I think that what happens is when I continue to do this work, even though um, I'm not going to be inspired at all times, on a daily basis, I continue to make the effort Um, And it is by doing this work, I am going to be, um, it's going to bring me to freedom. It's going to bring me joy. It's going to bring me serenity and peace. But I I only have one day at a time. Um, So however it is I can 
bring God into my daily activity and ask for that inspiration, the more I do the work, the more I'm going to get the, the benefit from it. Anyway, thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Lisa H. The floor is now open for sharing on what we just read. Please say your name just once as it helps me hear everyone. Who would like to share? Barbara E. Kate B. Sigrid F. Okay, sorry, I'm having trouble hearing people. After Barbara E., who was that? Kate B. Kate B., okay. And then did we have Sigrid F.? Yes, that's right. Good, thank you. Katie G. Katie G. Isabel F. Anyone else? Okay, let me tell you our lineup right now. I have Barbara Nancy P. Okay, thank you, Nancy. That's good for now. I've got Barbara E, Kate B, Sigrid F, Katie G, Isabel F, and Nancy P. Barbara E, could you start us off, please? Thank you so much, Lynn S. I know it's a rainy day here, and I love that this is a wonderful way to start my day. I'm sure it's the same for you and many others. I also love that this book gives me such precise, clear directions on what to do. That's so important. In step 10, which we've already covered, we were told to carry God's will into our hearts and to maintain and grow our spiritual journey. And this is where we continue to take personal inventory and set right any wrongs we mistake as new mistakes we make as we go along. There's the action that was referenced. Then in step 11, more action, at night we review our day. Do we owe an apology? Have we kept a secret that should be discussed? Were we um, kind, loving, thinking of others? What could we have done better? Um, We have to remember not to beat ourselves up, however. We are only human, and I stress that so much with my sponsees. We will make mistakes because we are human. And then in the morning, we get to start afresh with a clean slate. We get to get a clean piece of paper mentally, spiritually, and figuratively and plan our day. First, asking God to direct our thinking and be divorced from self-seeking and self-pity and self-serving motives. Uh, Where God has given me and you, all of us, mental facilities so that we may use them. However, we have so much, we are now hopefully on a much higher plane if we've done all of this stuff. When our thinking is uncluttered and we can thoughtfully think of not just ourselves, but others during the day, God is there with us. We relax. And it's true. We won't always hear the little gentle voice of God. But I believe what used to be a hunch or an occasional inspiration 
gradually becomes a working part of the mind. And as time goes on, we are more and more on this plane of inspiration. We're less in danger of fear, anger, worry, self-pity. It's a wonderful program. I can't wait to hear what you all are going to say. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Barbara E. Kate B., it's your turn, followed by Sigrid F. Hi, can I be heard? Yes, thank you. Hi, my name is Kate B. I'm a gratefully recovered compulsive overeater from Minnesota. And I am newly recovered, and um, I, have, I feel like I just want to tell the world about this program. Uh, but, but again, I read this, and I think, okay, it is what God made me to do. And this brings me back around to that every day. And just, uh, I'm also a nurse, um, and I, I find it hard sometimes during my busy day, too, to be able to, you know, be connected to God all the time. And I have found that I tell myself, do I have my pause? with me? Have I packed my pause? And in everything I do, that's what I remind myself. Do I have my pause? I just need to pause for two seconds even to say, Lord, are you with me? And what shall I do for you today? And I, I just make sure that I am connected to him all the time. Um, I'm finding that this paragraph is so true for me because it is um, you know, newly recovered, I think that it's very much uh, something that I'm growing into. And I will always be growing into this and always staying spiritually connected. It's nothing that is going to be stagnant in my life. So my different uh, things that I will do to stay um, very connected to him is waking up and meditating and uh, listening to this meeting. This meeting is just amazing in my life, and it is a stronghold to my spiritual connection for me. And I try to listen to a meeting every day. So I thank you for this meeting. I thank you for all your service. And I just want to say to the newcomers to just keep coming back because it has been an amazing journey, and I, I am willing to help anyone and everyone that I can in whatever way I can. So just keep reaching out and keep coming back. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kate B. Sigrid F., it's your turn, followed by Katie G. Good morning, Vision family. This is Sigrid F. in South Florida, recovered compulsive overeater. And what jumps out at me in this paragraph is actually, for me, surrender. Um, I definitely want to control everything. I'm the director. And every day when I write my God letter, I have many things that I ask for help with my character defects or my surrendering my food, many things. But, in, but I've learned that I have to surrender everything. To have sanity, to have peace, I have to surrender me. I have to surrender my life, my thoughts. I have to pause, as everybody says, many, many times a day and look for guidance. And I pray that God remind me to do that, to help me remember to look for guidance and not just do or act on my own. And with that, I am peaceful and happier despite the turbulence of life. I have lots of turbulence in my life right now, but most days I'm able to look to God and trust in God's will and his plan and find that peace that he will make it okay one way or another. His plan is perfect and better than any I could ever try to control 
with that, I'll pass. Thank you for everyone today for your service. Thank you, Sigrid S. Katie G., it's your turn, followed by Isabel S. Good morning, Lynn. Thank you for your service, and thank you for all of you on the line this morning. Katie G., recovered compulsive overeater, anorexic and bulimic, and just totally on fire about these paragraphs. Yeah, we don't struggle. And what's a struggle? It's a violent effort. Oh my gosh, how many years did I spend making a violent effort around my food, around my life, around you, around anything? And thank you, God, today, you know, the food is in its, is in its place. It's weighed and measured. I have entire abstinence and I get to practice, right? I get to ask God for an intuitive thought or a decision. And I love that, you know, I might take some absurd actions and ideas because I'm not always going to know. Like, I know that God does not want me to eat today, you know, but I don't always know everything else. And sometimes I get these hunches that, um, in retrospect, are a little off. But and the good news is I'm not struggling, which for me is like, for example, yesterday I went to take quiet time and my daughter had other ideas. So I'm sitting there taking quiet time and she's screaming. And I'm like, okay, I don't struggle. So she's screaming. So, you know, I'm a mama. You know, taking quiet time with God doesn't necessarily mean that, like, I'm a Buddha sitting there alone. I have a life, too. We all do, right? So she's screaming and screaming and screaming. And I'm focusing on the breathing and I'm focusing on God. You know, and eventually she fell asleep and we both got to be quiet, right? Because what was going on for me during the day is I was getting amped up about a decision I had to make and about the future and I need to get a babysitter and I need to interview the babysitters and then I need to do this and do that. And we stopped. And this voice inside of me was like, Katie G from Boston, who cares if you go to the dentist tomorrow? Like, if it's going to bring you this much mishigash, let it go. And I know you're sitting there thinking, Katie, you are talking about the most minuscule, crazy little decisions. But I don't know about you, but like the big decisions and the big life events, I could always make them. It was the small things, right? It was the small life events. It was the day after Thanksgiving that I ate. It was the day after vacation that I ate. And what this paragraph is telling me is like, all of a sudden, like, God cares about my life. God cares about my emotional sobriety. God cares about my decisions around do I go to the dentist or not? Do I interview this babysitter or not? And the best part is I'm not making a violent effort through my life anymore. I have um, I, one of my many teachers, one of you out there, suggested I, I – um, set an alarm and I'll just close with this. I thought it was too important to take the time to set an alarm. And now every hour during the day, I have an alarm that goes off and it says, pause, pray, and connect. Am I producing confusion or am I, am I in, in with God's will? And sometimes I don't listen to it, you guys. But a lot of times I'm looking at my daughter and I'm saying, okay, let's pause. Let's pray. Let's connect. Because you know what? There's nothing to struggle against anymore. And what a privilege. With that, I pass. Thank you, Katie G. Isabel F., it's your turn, followed by Nancy P. Good morning. Um, yes, indecision. In the past, when I faced indecision, it was torturous. Uh, I always went for the compulsive action. I was making uh, always the wrong choice. Uh, I used to go, I remember, um, if I had something uh, to do, and I was I didn't want to do it. So what I chose to do, it was I, I always went for the easiest way. 
and I used to go shopping and spend money and then feel bad about it at the end of the day and feel unsatisfied, empty. And then because I was feeling this way, of course, I was eating. I, I, I went to the food because I, was so, I felt so bad about myself. But today, you know, today I, ha- I have God and I hear God guide me to make the right decision. And a few, uh, few days ago, uh, I had the whole day to myself and I was like, Okay, so in the past, it, it, and it, it, it would have been very, very dangerous for me to have the whole day to myself and not have anything planned. But I paused, and I heard God guide me. But my, my, my first thing was going to, to go to, I mean, I wanted to go for, to, a, to, a, to the beach. And then God said to me, are you going to be satisfied today, today? Are you going to be satisfied to go there, or is it better for you to go for a bike ride? And right away, the answer came back, came, and I said, no, I'm going to go for a bike ride because I will feel alive. And it's what God wants me to be at the end of the day. He wants me to feel good and to feel alive because when I, I am not feeling alive, when I don't take action, the right action, I feel bad, I, feel, uh, I don't feel alive, I don't feel, uh, and then I want to eat. Uh, I'm used to want to eat. So I, uh, now I'm, I'm very, very careful. I'm so glad. I'm so grateful to have God in my life and God putting those thoughts in my mind because I don't want to, to listen to my mind anymore. I really don't because my mind is going to drift me away from God. It's going to bring me to places that are not going to be fulfilling. So uh, I'm really, really grateful. Thank you so much. Thank you, Isabel F. And Nancy P., it's your turn. Hi, thank you for letting me share. Can I be heard? Yes, thank you. Okay, so um, in thinking about our day, we may face indecision. We may not be able to determine which course to take. So um, I feel like I've only been um, recovered since about, I don't know, February, March, somewhere around there. But um, it's been a long time in coming for me. And um, the good news is that I am recovered. And... um, it just gets better from there. <clears throat> Excuse me. This book, it says, that's exactly what this book is about, is getting a, a relationship with God. So I'm always going to be inexperienced because my life is always going to be changing. And whatever challenges I meet one day don't matter because there's going to be new challenges the next day. And it, in terms of making it a part of working part of my mind, that's the only thing that I need to know is that this is going to be a working part of my mind because the only thing that I need to strive for is having a relationship with God, having conscious contact with God. Talk about not struggling um, and relaxing and take it easy. Most of the time, um, you know, it's, we work more. We go back to the list. We, don't, we do this at once. We do this immediately. We reach out. We do all these things. And this is another action, but it's the action of listening, of stopping, of taking it easy. And um, I I feel like I use this practice not to solve my problems, but only to develop a deeper conscious contact with God. And that's the work that I do. I don't worry about, I mean, I don't worry about any decisions that I have to make, and I don't worry about any problems that I have. And believe me, like everybody else, I have some big problems. And um, 
but I'm I'm fully functional. I'm not eating. I'm not sitting in my bed, you know, crying. I'm not um, yelling at my family or or slacking off at work or anything. I'm completely, completely functional. I'm not perfect, but I'm completely functional. And um, and every day, the only thing that I want, <clears throat> excuse me, is for my um, is for my conscious contact with God to grow and deepen and thicken um, as our as my roots grasp new soil. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Nancy P. For those of us who might have come on the line a little bit later, we're on page 86, the third paragraph, and thinking about our day, we may face indecision, ending with we come to rely upon it and commenting on that. And if you could please say your name just once, it helps me hear everybody. Who would like to share? Lisa B. Kelly S. Roz G. Kelly. Madam. Kelly. Larry K. Chrissy G. Okay, can I Jen A. who I heard, and then we'll go from there, because I did miss some people, okay? I heard Lisa B., Matt M., Kelly, Larry K., Krissa, and Jen A. So let's go with that lineup, and I'm sorry if I missed you. We'll pick you up on the next go-round. So Lisa B., could you start us off, please, followed by Matt M. Well, good morning, Lynn. Thank you so much for your service. My name is Lisa B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina, and I wanted to share on the line, we relax and take it easy. Oh, my gosh. Well, that to me was like asking the impossible, relax and take it easy. So when I was on this step, um, I needed to go back and review my second step and third step because here I am on step 11. I'm in such a different place than when my sponsor, my big book guide, and I looked at step two and step three. And it really helped me to look at what step three is really about, that I have a new employer, that I have, um, and I'm an agent. You know, I'm an agent of something that is so much bigger. And then also what helps me in relax, learning, learning slowly how to relax and take it easy when I ask for inspiration, intuitive thought, or decision, is when I'm looking at my 10 steps and looking at my fear prayers, um, you know, what God would have me be instead, and um, looking at my relationship ideals. That's really what I get out of step 10. You know, I'm growing and understanding and effectiveness. I'm, I'm learning how to become more effective in life with God's help. Someone's unmuted, um, and there is a rustling and a distracting noise in the background. Um, but looking at my relationship ideals, all of those things um, go into the process of me learning how to relax and take it easy. So again, it's not me doing any of these things. It's me living in these steps and then the spiritual surgery that takes place in steps really one through nine um, and then the growing steps of 10 and 11. Um, so I can learn how to have faith. It's still that the rustling noise got even louder, <laughs> even louder right after I said that. Um, I'm learning how to grow in effectiveness and understanding through doing my 10 steps. But for me, I daily have needed to go back and review step three and, and read about I'm wanting to run the show. And um, I'm, I'm learning that I am the problem. So anyways, I got all distracted there. But it's in the um, relationship ideals that I get 
in, in doing all of this work of learning to how to surrender and how to accept, how to forgive, um, how to have a sense of humor, how to look at what's working, how to look at gratitude, and how to look to be of service to others. Like that's how I learned to relax and take it easy. It's not like getting more deeper into me, studying me, analyzing me. You know, it's really getting out of myself. And for me, um, also getting the sense of humor, asking God for the ability to laugh at myself. So I apologize for the broken up um, this, but here I have to have a sense of humor too about it. So I'm not all that important. I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Lisa B. And if everybody could please check their phones to make sure they are muted, except for Matt M. Matt M., you're up, followed by Kelly. Thank you, Lynette, for your service. Good morning, everyone. This is Matt M. I'm with the Postal over here from New Jersey. And thinking about it today, when we face indecision, we're going to determine which course to take. Uh, last night, I was having that issue with my, my, my dinner meal. I made a meal that didn't really taste very satisfactory, and I was back and forth in and out of the fridge, and I was praying, please, God, help me deal with this, because I was going to pick up and lose my abstinence. I had 14 days, and I didn't want to lose it. So I put the food back, closed the fridge, and I made a phone call. I was access power. By making that phone call, I was getting out of myself. I was, I was getting the help that I needed. And after that moment passed, I threw the food out, and I had my nice snack, and that was it. You know, I need to access power. I need to pray every day, and I'm doing that. Sometimes all I have to say is thank you. I don't have to sit there on my knees and pray and do the whole rote prayers that I have in my, in my head memorized. Sometimes all I have to say is thank you, God, or thank you, higher power, for what I have today. I just thank my higher power when I woke up for waking up today because I have so much to do in my life, and I'm grateful that I get to wake up every day. It's not guaranteed. Um, I'm also grateful that these intuitions are starting to become a working part of the mind. I'm starting to get little little insights and little intuitions on when to make phone calls or when to not do something. But this little voice in my head, which I do believe is my higher power, is telling me, don't do this or why don't you try this. I believe I'm, getting, I'm finally getting my intuition back, which was buried so far under the food that I didn't think I would ever find that again. You know, I'm getting my instincts back. That's what I call my instincts. They're coming back. You know, my, my, where, and also whether it, when it comes to other people, I'm getting my instincts back of who to trust and who not to trust. So I believe that's my highest power is restoring, restoring that, inner, that inner voice inside my head that, that helps me and helps me do the right thing. My conscience is being restored as well. So I'm grateful that just for today um, I have the willingness and the ability to do this because I do have the willingness. I didn't have it 14 days ago, but I have it today, and I only have today. Today is one day at a time. It's a one day at a time program, and I find myself going through the process, and I'm going to keep going through the process one day at a time. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Madam Kelly S. It's your turn, followed by Larry K. Hey, Lynn, this is Kelly F., recovered um, in Oklahoma. Thanks for your service. So um, this was, oh, I almost always forget to stop, start my timer, and I like to talk, God knows. Anyway, so um, we ask God for an inspiration, an intuitive thought or decision. We relax and take it easy. And like somebody else said, relax and take it easy, seriously, that's not anything I've ever done. So that right there is a promise for me. <laughs> we don't struggle, another promise for me. But, you know, what I did is, you guys, in my 30-something years, and I have three years of, of recovered abstinence, was, you know, I always heard what I wanted to hear, read what I wanted it to read, and um, didn't quite, I mean, I read the rest of this paragraph, but you know what it says? We're often surprised how the right answers come after we've tried this for a while. 
not instantly. I'm not instantly going to know what to do. And then on the next page it says, it gradually becomes a working part of the mind. What? I'm not going to know what to do. You know, I always, I've always wanted to be fixed. I've always wanted to be zapped gradually. And then it says down here a little bit further. Nevertheless, we find that our thinking will, as time passes, become more and more on the plane of inspiration. So what does this mean to me? It means I keep on doing the work. You know, my whole life I've just wanted everything to be easy and fixed and zapped. Well, I wanted God to zap me. You know what? I realize I have to do the work. And so, you know, this whole thing is happening for me. But, you know, in three and a half years, my ego is I should be better by now, right? Well, guess what? I'm not. And so I have to remember this all the time. You know, I have an alarm set, too. I know a lot of people do this. I've had my alarm set for three years, y'all. Every three hours it goes off and it says, thank God. I cannot tell you guys how, and I have an eye watch, so my, my, my wrist will vibrate, and I'll be at work, and it'll vibrate. I'll be anywhere, and it'll vibrate. I'm like, what the hell is that alarm for? Oh, yeah, thank God. Oh, yeah. Like, that doesn't come naturally for me, so I set my alarm, and I still don't remember three years later, why is that alarm going off, you know? And then one of my dear friends in this program got me a bracelet that says, stop, pause, and pray. I wear it every day doesn't always match my outfit, but guess what? I need it. I need it every day. And I have a mantra, God has my back. So today what I'm learning to do is I don't listen to my feelings. Feelings dictated my life, my whole life. So today I trust the process. I'm learning to trust the process. I'm learning to trust God. I'm learning God has my back and I do the work regardless of how I feel. You know, Time I take please. a moment, I pause. Okay, I'll wrap up here. I'll pause. I'll pray. I call you guys, and I get on with this work, and it's working, and I am so grateful for that. Glad to be here. Thank you so much. I pass. Thank you, Kelly S. Larry K., it's your turn, followed by Chrissy G. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks so much. You know, when we're reading this morning, I, I was reminded, I don't know why it came into my mind, but there was Reverend Sam Shoemaker, he, he was a friend of Bill's. He, he, served, he wasn't an alcoholic. He served as the rector of the, the Cavalry Episcopal Church in New York City. And that happened to be the headquarters of the, um, of the Oxford group during the 1930s. And something that he said, I think, relates for me to what we're reading this morning. He, he said, and I quote him, he said, although I'm not an alcoholic, I don't see much difference between getting drunk on whiskey, gin, or beer or in getting drunk on temper, lust, resentment, or fear. And so he went on to say, so I believe the principles of, AA, of the AA program are good for everyone. The idea of prayer and direction from a higher power of your own conception is worthy of examination. See, this guy led a non-denominational group. You know, we learned that we will not always be divinely inspired and yet I used to be self-inspired 100% of the time. And I was rarely, was I indecisive when, I, when it came to eating myself into to oblivion. I, there was no indecisiveness there. And how is it that the occasional hunch or inspiration gradually becomes a working part of the mind? Well, spiritual progress is born out of self-awareness. I don't have any self-awareness, I'm not going to have spiritual progress. And self-awareness, for me anyway, could never come by working the steps poorly, 
by following the instructions poorly. It just didn't come. Those half measures didn't avail me much. Today, like like you know, Reverend uh, uh, Sam Shoemaker, you know, I don't see any difference between getting drunk on on whatever my my, my binge foods were, or on or getting drunk on temper, lust, resentment, or fear. See, I I need a connection with God for all those reasons. It's not like you know, as we've heard it said, you know, the monkey is off our back, but the circus is in, is still in town. I I don't feel that way anymore by the grace of God. This becomes a working part of my mind. The first 10 years, uh, it's gradual. The next 10, you know, I hope the next 10 are even better. I bet they will be. We'll see. With that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry Kay. Chrissy G., it's your turn, followed by Jen A., Chrissy G, press star one. Maybe I misheard. Maybe there was no Chrissy G. Okay, Jen A, can you go ahead for us, please? Good morning. This is Jen A, recovered compulsive overeater, anorexic, and bulimic from Colorado. Wow, um, just absolutely um, in this place all the time. Um, always in decision. Now, when I first came in, um, perhaps you're like me, um, as a newcomer, um, I didn't know what to do at any given time. So that serenity prayer, that was like key for me. Um, and I love working with newcomers because um, I'll say, how was your day? And uh, a newcomer will say to me, you know, I think I prayed the serenity prayer like 50 times today. And I just smile and chuckle because I remember being in that place, right? Um, and today, um, I'm not praying the serenity prayer a year later, recovered in this program. Thank you, God. Um, I'm praying all day, whenever it pops up, um, whenever I don't know what to do, or giving thanks when um, I do get the right direction from God. And I love in, in the beginning of this paragraph, it says, here we ask God. If there's anything that I've heard on the lines more in the last couple of weeks or the month as we go through um, 10, 11, and 12, it's the word ask. Ask, 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 ask. That is what we have to do, right? I know that in order for me to connect to my higher power, to connect, connect to this source, to be out there and be in, in the spirit of the universe, I have to ask. And connecting is so huge for me. Because ask starts with what? It starts for me. It starts with awareness. Thank you, God, that I'm plugged in, that I'm out of the food, that I'm working these steps, that I've worked them, that I've had this spiritual awakening, and that God gives me this awareness piece. That's the first part. So thank you, God, for giving me the awareness, right? Now what do I need to do? I need to seek and surrender myself, right? I need to seek you out. Not a, I'm not picking up the phone today and calling 50 million people when the rubber hits the road in my life or when something comes up. No, I need to seek you, and I need to surrender my life over to you. Why? Because you're the ultimate person that's going to tell me what to do, right? If your will is to be done, perhaps I should be asking you what that is, or at least just sitting still in it and listening and meditating and hearing what that is. Because the K in ask is the knowledge that comes from God. 
And that's what I get when I ask for when I ask God for inspiration, intuitive thought, or decisions. And then I don't have to freak out because I know in ten I know in ten what I just did, right? I wrote down what my what my resentment was and what my fear was. And now I'm asking God, hey God, how would you have me be? Give me the next right thought, the next right action, whatever it may be. And then I can relax and take it easy. And you know what? I know that he's there for me. He loves me. He's in control. And he, he, he's going to make things happen. Might not make it happen the way I want to, but he's going to do it his way and in his will. And that's better than anything I could have ever imagined. And who knew that being a compulsive overeater and anorexic and bulimic would get me to a place where I would, I would feel this way today and that my heart would be changed. I thank God for that, and I'll pass. Thank you, Jen A. We're on page 86, the last paragraph, and thinking about our day we may face indecision, ending with we come to rely upon it. Who would like to share on that paragraph? Janice P.M. Ross M. Anyone else? Elise M. KDF. Sorry, what was the? Okay, there was somebody before KDF. Elise M. Elise M. Great, let's go with that lineup, please. I have Janice PM, Russ M, Elise M, and KDF. Janice, you're up. Well, good morning to you, Liness, um, and everyone. My name is Janice PM, and I'm a recovered um, compulsive overeater. You know, this paragraph is so um, important to really, if you don't believe it, be willing to believe that um, if you are new, and when you, when I first um, became recovered, I'd always go to God, always go to God and think, okay, that's that's what he's telling me to do, you know, um, but but in fact, I was still so inexperienced. And I couldn't decipher which was his God's will and which was my will. So there's a big warning here. Yes, <clears throat> um, if we, it says here, being still inexperienced. You see, it takes time, and it takes practice, and it takes prayer to, um, uh, you know, to to seek God's will, because still in being inexperienced uh, here. Um, we may think that, oh, yeah, this is God's will. I mean, I, I've, I've done it. Um, I've had sponsees do it. You say, you know, they used to say to me, Janice, you know, you're always saying seek God, seek God, pray God, and you will find out the answer, you know, and you don't have to worry. But, oh, you know, my mind is not a good place to be because I relied a lot on my mind thinking that, mm, okay, this is God's will. But, you know, I know today that God's will needs time to grow. And I think here, I don't know if it was mentioned, but inspiration does come directly from God, but it comes indirectly too from other people. And I mostly say a sponsor because, uh, you know, um, if I say, geez, you know, I'm thinking that this, this is what I should do. And my sponsor would say, oh no, Janice, that's you in the park on the bench all alone. 
and because my motive, I'm, I'm not experienced yet. So it takes time for us to be inspired with thoughts of God's will. And it could be going it alone spiritually. And, you know, the 12 and 12 states, you may please time me, on page 60, it's important to discuss these inspirations with the sponsor or spiritual advisor because going it alone in spiritual matters is dangerous. How many times have I heard well-intentioned people claim the guidance or myself of God when it was all plain that they that I was just doing my own will? It's very difficult. It takes time and it takes practice, but it has to be done every day, and you grow, we grow into it. And with that, I'm going to pass. Thanks. Thank you, Janice P.M. Russ M., it's your turn, followed by Elise M. Good morning, Lynn. Good morning, family. Ross Sam, recovered compulsive overeater outside of Philly. Um, we relax and take it easy. Yeah, how's, how's that? How's that working out for me? <laughs> uh, I'll be happy when I have the day that I can relax and take it easy. And as everyone is thinking here, this is a process. And I even, you know, sometimes I don't even hear what I'm, I'm, I think or how I how I talk to other people about this because I don't, I don't take my own uh, advice. You know, this is a, this, this thing is going to, it's going to be over time. And as many have alluded to, it takes practice, takes persistence. It takes action, whether you like the way you feel or not. And there's going to be spots where life is caving in on you. You feel that way. And I do feel that way sometimes. But when I do take take that time and pause and ask God what he wants me to do, things not that they even work out. It's just I have a next step. I have a next right course to take. And um, it's kind of where I'm at right now. I have multiple things going on. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm a little bit fearful, a little bit scared. And, I mean, what the hell is the difference than eating, right? What the hell is the difference of me being scared, fearful, and, and, and reactionary and emotional and agitated than just going out and binging? It's, to me, it's kind of the same thing. So I'm working on that emotional sobriety. But this, this step right here, these actions, these instructions right here are the things I have to own. This is the meat, the meat of this program that... To be free, you know, I always talk about being free because I'm, you know, like a lot of others, we're, we're shackled by many different things. You know, if it's not one thing, it's another. So I want to be free all the way around. I'll probably be free about 10 minutes after I'm dead, but other than that, you know, you've got to work at something and have some kind of freedom on this earth. So this this part of the book is for me. And, you know, like getting on this line today, Really, really helped me out a lot listening to everyone. And, uh, my head's not in the right, best place, but you guys always seem to help me point back to God. So thank you so much. I love you. Have a beautiful day. Thank you, Russ M. Elise M., it's your turn, and we have two people left in four minutes. So if we could each take two minutes, I can get everybody in. Thank you. Um, yeah, my name's Elise M. Um, I'm a recovered anorexic, bulimic, and compulsive eater living in France. Um, 
And I, I, this is just, yeah, I love this passage. Um, I feel like it's important um, for me to remember that um, kind of like where I've been because it remains with me. Um, and I used to feel that the only way that I could connect to God was through not eating um, because it was the only time that my mind was quiet and clear. Um, so I kind of have to, you know, <laughs> remember that's what it used to be like. And then um, and then where I am now is, um, you know, I feel that the... The 12-step path um, is something that does take a lot of time. I feel like, for me, spiritual awakening is a gradual process. Um, and even if you look around all of the different paths that are available, people don't just start practicing Christianity or Buddhism or anything and they have this um, 100% direct contact. <laughs> um, it's a discipline and it's a lifetime discipline. And so um, I think it sets me up for disappointment and um kind of self-judgment when I expect that I should have that channel open all of the time. Um, and um, for many, many years in recovery, God felt like something which I didn't really always know, especially when I was really distressed and overwhelmed. Um, it felt like too much of this untangible thing for me. Um, and so sometimes I would have to make it really concrete and simple in terms of like, what would my like adorable, loving dog want for me in this moment? Like, would he want me to <laughs> kind of like go and hurt myself in this direction or kind of pause or imagining like a loving parent, parent sometimes imagining God, you know, because it's a growing relationship for me. Or just thinking, you know, sometimes it's just like what kind of makes sense right now. Um, you know, praying for inspiration, but also for me, I think so much about that like emotional sobriety and like staying connected with myself and with other people and with a higher power that I come to know more every day is about really living with a lot of compassion and trying to um, remember that it's the process that matters, not the outcome. So when I'm faced with a decision, I always will make it more important Thank than you. it actually needs to be. Thank you. And it's just important that I remain in a loving presence with myself and with others. That's most important rather than the decision that gets made. So thank you. Thank you, Elisa. And Katie F., we've got a quick two minutes here if you'd like them. Okay, I didn't hear what you said. This is Katie F., a recovered compulsive overeater. I think I only have about one minute. And it's hard to be last after all these great shares. But I just um, rely so much on this um, whole concept of each day asking God for the right thought and action that I, you know, I spent so many years obsessed with food, dieting, and weight um, with what I was going to eat, when I was going to eat it, how I was going to hide it, just that monkey chatter. And now that that is gone and it's been gone for a long time, but I still can be like, okay, well, now what do I do? You know, what should I do with my day? If I have a huge thing that I'm concerned about and I have absolutely no control over um, and I'm not the director anymore, then what am I supposed to do? Okay, let me just look at my real reality of what my day is supposed to be and do the next right thing. And 
you know, it is so freeing to not have to um, do God's job and to, you know, I didn't, I couldn't do it anyway, but I certainly tried and I certainly tried to be the director. And this paragraph is telling me that that is not my job and I can rely on the intuitive thoughts that God will give me on a daily basis, not forever, just one day at a time. And with that, I'll pass. And thank you, Katie. Yeah. And thank you to everyone who shared and to Team Wednesday, Tenzin P, Cordelia W, Lisa H, Katie G, Lauren N, Kathy G, and Ruth H. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And the share ID for today, Wednesday, July 25th, is 11700. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Katie G. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Katie G, press star one, please. Sorry, Lynn, can you hear me now? Yes, thank you. I was double muted. <laughs> Sorry. <clears throat> Excuse me. Okay, let me try again. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.